Welcome to Get Your Book Seen and Sold. I am your host, Claudine Wolk. You can find me at my Substack account, claudinewolk.substack.com. We're talking all about publishing and book marketing. If you have decided that you want to write a book and you're trying to figure out how to publish it, or maybe you've already written a book and you're trying to figure out how to market it, this is the podcast slash Substack for you. Our goal is to give you great tips, by example in some cases, to help you get your book seen and sold. So join us through the newsletter or the podcast today and get your book seen and sold. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star rating. Welcome to Get Your Book Seen and Sold. I'm your host, Claudine Walk. With us today is Dr. John Yeager. She is a sociologist, freelance writer, coach, speaker, artist, and adjunct associate professor in the Department of Sociology at John Jay College of Criminal Justice, City University of of New York. Her 50-plus award-winning books have been translated in 35 languages. Jan has appeared on The View, The Today Show, Good Morning America, CBS This Morning, CNN, NPR, and other major shows. She's a professional speaker, and she delivers keynote addresses, And she also has one-and-a-half-hour and and all-day workshops and seminars. She coaches by phone, email, and in person in her various areas of expertise, including self-publishing and promotion. We are so happy to have her with us today. Welcome, Jen. Great to be here. Thank you. That's quite the introduction. I'm so excited. Okay, so you can find Dr. Jan at her website, Dr. D-R, Jan, J-A-N, Yeager. Y-A-G-E-R dot com, and I'll have that link in the show notes. Congratulations on your latest book, Dr. Jan, How to Promote Your Book, A Practical Guide to Publicizing Your Own Title. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's exciting to be able to put, you know, the essence of what I've learned from all these years of doing it for myself and for others into one nice book. I'll bet. And that's not your first book on the subject. You also wrote a book called How to Self-Publish Your Book. Right, and that had a chapter on promotion, uh, but I realized that uh, it really needed an entire book. I agree completely. Okay, so um, I'm going to start with asking you, and you're in the intro to How to Promote Your Book. You write, regardless of who publishes a book, promotion needs to be part of the process even while the book is still being written. And I I agree with you completely on that. But for an author who is just starting out, the idea that they would consider book marketing while they write is probably, you know, out of this world. So what, what would you say to them to convince them that, yes, you need to start thinking about marketing as you're writing? Well, that's a great question. And I want to not just because I want to promote my my <laughs> memoir, but um, I just listened to the audiobook of my memoir, which was uh, narrated by Gail Cruz, who's a professional narrator. And it reminded me, because uh, it's eight hours, the audiobook, listen, looking backward, going forward, reflections on a writer's life. But in the memoir, I talk about um, how... Before I even published the book, uh, I had been working on the book for several years and I was bursting with information. So at the time, I'm sure 
most of your uh, listeners haven't heard of Joe Franklin, but Joe Franklin was the Jimmy, you know, uh, Kimmel of uh, the 70s. And I actually looked him up in the phone book and uh, called him and he answered his phone. And I said, I've been working on this book for several years. Um, I'd love to be on your show. So he said I was at the time 25 years old. So he said, uh, come over to my office. We'll talk about it. So I went to his office and he said, what would you talk about? And I told him that I'd been researching the history of vegetarianism. I had gone to Germany to figure out if Hitler was actually a vegetarian. Um, I had gone to India and I just had so much information I wanted to share. So he liked what I had to say. And two days later, I was on the show. And the reason why I mentioned this is that um, that was two years before the book was published. Uh, it A year later, I taught a, a, tried to teach a course. Well, I did teach a course. And an editor from Scribner, before I even taught the course, saw it written up in the bulletin and contacted me. And most people know that when publishers contact you, <laughs> yeah. not only is it rare, but you're in a very good position because they're showing interest. Um, but the reason why promoting the book that didn't exist yet on Joe Franklin was such an important thing to do is that it showed I was on the right track. Uh, because I'll be honest, you know, even though I've published over 50 books, there are some projects that I had to put aside and uh, still haven't pursued because no one else was interested. Mm -hmm. uh, so the fact that Joe Franklin and then the people on the show, it was uh, Teresa Brewer and Thelma Carpenter, who was a singer, you know, they were like, wow, that's fascinating. So that's, that's the important thing to do. Also, um, I won't say who it was, but I helped someone get on a show, a TV show, and it was his or her first interview. And it was a disaster. Oh, no. <laughs> um, because what you have to learn to be on shows, whether it's a podcast or a TV show or cable radio, is speaking in sound bites. And because this person hadn't had media training and hadn't done it before, the answer went on and on and on. And it was live. Now, fortunately, it was a regional show. And it was back before things got archived and posted. So someone would have to live with it forever. But that was a real wake-up call to me that um, media training is important. Um, even before the book is available, getting that experience, talking about it, seeing what do people respond to, what, what excites them, what do they want to hear about? Uh, so you don't, you know, in the old days, they used to, you know, have the hook that pulled people off, you know? So that's why it's important, even while you're writing to, to be promoting, to be talking about it. But here's a caveat. Don't give away the store. If you've got something really fresh, really unique, you can tease about it, but that's something you want to save for that big launch. 
Gotcha. No, that's great. That's great advice. And on the, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here because I have so many questions for you. But I recently went to you know a local authors gathering of self published authors. There were eight of them. They it, it was a panel. They had the opportunity to share their book. And Dr. Jen, I oh my gosh, they had not. They didn't read the room. They. They went on the, instead of reading an excerpt, they read entire chapters with an introduction, not giving the other authors an opportunity to share what they had written. And each author kind of did the same thing. And and there were no marketing materials. Like one of the guys, he 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 did a great job with his one chapter, but he didn't have anything that I could, you know, like he had a stack of books, but he didn't have anything there for me to, to kind of take with me and, and to make yeah. my own decision later. So those are the, some of the basic things that you really need to understand. It really, it's not about you, it's about your audience and it's about the message, right? Sure. Yeah, no, that's really important. In fact, I changed my mug for our... <laughs> Because I oh, had I a mug that. for Florida, because my younger son and his family live in Florida, so I had a Florida mug. And I said, "No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have my how to finish everything you start mug," um, and that's one of my books that interestingly took off. It had been published initially in 2019, and about three months ago, it suddenly took off, and I'm like, "Why?" What's happening? And that's another important thing about uh, promotion. Um, foreign rights is a form of promotion. Um, it just so happens the publisher in India, um, they did a big push on the Indian version of the book. And what I did is through Google, I tracked down that someone took it upon themselves to do a 10 part um, video on YouTube of the 10 most important ideas they got out of my book. I love that. And that created a ripple effect. And um, we sold literally hundreds of audiobooks, as well as ebook and, um, um, you know, into the thousands of um, uh uh, paperbacks so so you know something as simple as having a mug now sometimes when people do these uh tv interviews and i laugh because you know some people they have behind them pictures of their family but sometimes the authors you know they they kind of go overboard it's a little bit too too much you know there's a a line between it being a good way of exciting people and getting them interested and, you know, being a little too self-aggrandizing. So, so one has to walk that line. But let me give you a good example from my Simon & Schuster book, When Friendship Hurts. So when that first came out, I, um, on my own, paid for and created a Band-Aid holder uh, I made up 250 of them, and it said, you know, when friendship hurts, and it had a couple of little Band-Aids, because I said to myself, you know, I wanted it to be something useful um, that someone could stick in their, you know, pocketbook or attache case, if they even use that term anymore, uh, backpack, 
And it was very, very popular. And, you know, I would go on shows and I'd see that the the interviewer, you know, had my little Band-Aid uh, <laughs> promotional item. But we ran out of them and the book kept selling and selling. And I said, you know, I don't know if that sends the right message. So I instead created a first aid kit because mm. I said, Having a Band-Aid, no, my book isn't about a Band-Aid approach. My book, When Friendship Hurts, helps you to resolve these issues, to make things better. Um, so for the next promotional item, I created 250 first aid kits. <laughs> and, you know, that that was, um, you know, uh, uh, and also then I also did a sewing kit that you could, Men's. you know, sew it. And, oh. and and mend it. So that, that was the next concept. So doing little things like that, because you mentioned someone didn't have marketing materials, you know, um, it just can make such a difference. It shows the person cares. Um, uh, the business cards with the picture of the book right on the business card. Uh, you know, you think that people should know that they can order a book from any of the online retailers, but a lot of people are not that savvy about it. So putting that right on the business card is is very useful. Uh, but the most important thing, I did an article for the um, uh, Romance Writers Newsletter on the power of I, ha I had called it the power of WOM, but they changed it to the power of word of mouth. <laughs> but that's what WOM stands for. And, and that's what we all want. And the way to create word of mouth, you need those reviews. You need those um, reader reviews. You need those um, actual reviews in newspapers, in um, uh, magazines, uh if you can get the pre-publication trade reviews, uh, you know, fortunately, Library Journal loved how to promote your book. And, you know, um, it, it's and I think what's important for listeners to our podcast to know, because I've been at this business since I'm 25. Um, it is definitely harder than ever. There is more competition than ever. There is more product than ever. Now, that that doesn't have to discourage you. That doesn't have to be a bad thing. But it is a reality. And it is something to... People are inundated. Um, they, you know, if you go on the Today Show, okay, that's a couple of million people if you're lucky enough to get on. But... Before someone can even impulse buy your product, there's another book that's being pushed the next day that, oh, wow, maybe I should get that one instead. Um, don't forget the libraries. People can get your book from the libraries. Libraries buy the book. Granted, unlike Europe, we don't give royalties to our main book um uh, borrowers. Uh, ironically, we do because the ebook system came in later. Uh, writers can actually get royalties from ebooks that are being borrowed at libraries. Um, it's not going to be, you know, something you can retire on, but it means, and what I get a kick out of um, reading reader reviews on 
uh, the various online platforms where someone will say, I borrowed this book from the library, but I loved it so much, it encouraged me, it, it motivated me, I'm paraphrasing, but the, con the concept is it motivated me to buy my own copy. Mm. You know, so mm -hmm. so and, and another important thing that comes out of library purchases is um, author events. A lot of times the now not all libraries will give you an honorarium, but even if they don't give you an honorarium, it is exposing people to you, to your book. And I think that's the one thing I've learned, you know, like today. I don't care. Well, no, that's not, I don't want to say I don't care. If you and I speaking today gets one person to know more about my book, about me, to buy my book, that's gravy. I focus on, wow, I've made this new connection. I have this wonderful person in my life. And isn't that great? And I think if you go into... Um, book promotion with that mindset um you know who do you like i was fortunate to be saddled with a one hour wait at a um, cable show on all the way out in new jersey um they were running late and who is sitting next to me but jackie collins oh wow the best-selling novelist and we got into a amazingly personal and intimate and fascinating discussion about friendship. And I don't even share about the actual conversation in my memoir because I felt that was a violation of privacy, but it was amazing and, you know, spontaneous and, you know, because of promoting my book and she was promoting her book and, you know, we were in that same situation, that opportunity happened. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. I have so many questions for you. I think my audience would kill me if I didn't ask about, you know, other opportunity, other times that you were on shows. Like, tell us about that, that you were on Oprah and The View and Good Morning well, America. What was that like? What did you talk about? Uh, was it a well, specific it's interesting book? because I, I just paid to have what I thought was the whole view uh, interview um, put on di digitized. But it turned out that the beginning of the video was me on the view being interviewed by Meredith Vieira. But then the rest of the show was the rest of the video was me shrinking because it seemed that I had reached my height weight wise <laughs> on the view and that inspired me to go on a diet. But at least I have that clip at the beginning of the digitalized thing of me being interviewed by Meredith Vieira. And that came about, uh, I wrote to the producer and uh, within a few days I got a call that, wow, uh, I was pushing my book, uh, Friendships. It was the first book that I had self-published. I came to self-publishing having published 10 books with major houses, but I had moved to Connecticut with my family and it got harder and harder to maintain the kind of New York publishing relationships that made my, my career so much w more workable when I lived in Manhattan. So I had the idea that now seems 
a bit crazy that, oh, well, why don't I do this myself? And um, so I, I wrote to the producer and they loved the idea of doing a whole show on friendship. So that's what they did. And they brought me in and um, and it was it was an amazing experience. Um, I think over the years, I'm one of the few non-celebrity guests that they've had because they they tend to especially in the last five years you know be either politicians or or celebrities um and um the oprah situation was fascinating because i did a um a book promotion boot camp and i had a publicist a book publicist as one of the guests i also had one of the producers for good morning america as a guest and the publicist listed 12 ways to get on Oprah. What was interesting is that the way I got on was not one of the 12 ways. <laughs> and that was, they call you. Now, why did they call me? Because I had done all the other stuff. Right, they found you, know, you through uh, that way. Right, yeah. around the, you know, right around the time Oprah called me, and it turned out there were 20 other people that they were considering. Um, so I wasn't like their one and only call. But around the time they called me, uh, a wonderful publicist um, out in uh, uh, the West said to me, Jan, you're everywhere. And that was a compliment. Mm-hmm. So I was doing, um, you know, I was doing radio, I was doing local TV, national TV, I was writing things and publishing it, I was, you know, getting interviewed, um, you know, for newspapers, magazines. And um, I was doing I sent myself, I decided if I'm going to be a publisher, I'm going to be a good publisher, and I'm going to send myself on tour. And I was I I was very fortunate. My first couple of books, I even though I was young and new, um, I was treated as if I was um, you know uh, amazingly uh, successful. So Scribner sent me on a cross country tour. Now in my memoir, looking backward, going forward. I share about how did that author tour happen for a completely unknown first-time author. And I think this is an important point to make. Compromise, negotiation. I happen to be in the unique situation of having two books on a, the same subject but a different approach published by two different publishers. Grove Press was doing my celebrity interview cookbook and Scribner was doing my history book. So what I said was, how about the two of you together send me on an author tour? And they were like, oh, you're an unknown author, you're unproven. I said, well, how about if you cover the airfare and I cover yes. um, food and lodging? Yes, yes, yes. Um, now, the, the food part was fine because hey, you know, I, I just didn't eat much. <laughs> the, the lodging was a little bit more challenging because I should have not let them make the bookings because they put me up in the same hotels that they would have put me up if they were ca uh, taking care of the fee. But I managed to cover it. You know, I was working. 
Um, then for my third book, which Scribner also did, the good news is that they sent me on an author tour again, and this time they picked up all the tabs. Nice. Uh, but so going back to my first book through my company, Hannah Creek Creek Books, Friendships, I decided I would be that good publisher. So I sent myself on an author tour and I went to California. Now, California, I did hire a publicist because I already had my airline tickets and no bookings. So you say to yourself, what's the cost-benefit analysis? Am I going to go all the way to California and I have no bookings? So I hired a publicist and he got me on um, an L.A. and a San Francisco TV show. Um, and then I think he felt guilty because he charged a rather, you know, not a huge fee. I think it was uh, $750, but he was nice enough to throw in um, a a morning show in Philadelphia because I think he, you know, wanted to feel like he was nice enough to to get me some some good bookings. But I also another important thing for anyone listening to know about is because um, I I do coaching and I'm working with a guy who is for several years now working on a business book. And he happened to relocate from the East Coast down to Florida. So even though his book isn't finished yet, I said, so-and-so, especially since you're a new resident, you need to make your local librarian your new best friend. <laughs> and if you do it now, before your book's finished, before your book's published, by the time the book comes out, that librarian who's acquiring books is going to feel like they're part of the process mm -hmm. so you do your local author event uh same thing with the bookstores not just the the um uh the um the chain bookstores tend to order through the central uh company but the local branch sometimes they'll bring in local authors and also your independent bookstores so you want to be building this network of people who care about you, about your book, because I think we're up to something like 4 million books published every year. And when I started out, it was about 250,000. Oh, wow. That's amazing. But you, you still have hope, right? I mean, you still believe in book promotion. Absolutely, because I saw, you know, I saw how it worked uh, just so recently, literally within the last three months for a book that came out in 2019 that was not really doing much. Um, and it, it just took off. Uh, and that's another important thing. Um, it would be nice if your publisher gives you a book launch. Um, I... I was fortunate for my very first two books. I asked a new restaurant if they would give me their space and I would bring in the food. And I think because one of the two books was a celebrity interview cookbook, um, I said, I can also get you some celebrities and hopefully some media. I said, hopefully, you know, one of my areas of expertise is time management. So I always say, 
promise less, deliver more. Mm -hmm. So I said, hopefully I'll get you some media. Fortunately, I didn't even know they were there because they don't tell you the New Yorker talk of the town showed up. Wow. So a couple of, uh, like a week after the party, uh, a one-page write-up on the book party was published. How about it? Um, so that that was amazing. But hey, you know, it's okay. You don't have to have that happen. Uh, recently, I didn't do it yet for the memoir because I wanted to wait till um, everything, uh, the audiobook was launched. Um, but I did do it for my author who happens to be my son. <laughs> nice. So I like God. I couldn't find a copy of the book we did it for, Seven Days in Virtual Reality. I think I gave away the most recent, the, the last of my copies. I have to get some more. But um, we did a, a Zoom video uh, launch. Uh, oh, I know. Yes, we did a Zoom video launch for how to promote your book on February in February. Um, we I think we had about 30, 40 people. So, you know, it's free on Zoom. Um, even what an important uh, concept to share with your listeners is I find even inviting people to events is a good promotion strategy. Mm -hmm. Even if they say no, it's different than bugging them about, did you buy my book? Did you read my book? Did you review my book? Yes. Hey, can you come to my Zoom uh, book launch? And a lot of times they'll say, no, I can't come to the launch, but can you ask your publicist to get me a um, review copy? Now, that's another important thing. Even if you're self-published, you need to not only do promotion, but I highly recommend you have someone other than you listed on your press releases. Um, I'll and be why honest. is that, Jen? Why is that? Dr. Oh, I Jen? was going to say, I had my mother <laughs> <laughs> who had a different name. And uh, well, because um, people, d d d it, it can. It can, why have the potential that there's resistance to contacting the, the company about the book um, because you're going to be talking to the author? You know, um, you know, if it's a third party, it could feel a lot more comfortable. Uh, I'm not saying this is true of everyone, but it's just makes it more convenient very few people follow up on press releases so you really just need it as someone that uh and it also you i always tell people that self-publishing is if you've done it right it's a form of content delivery it should unless you're writing a book on how to self-publish your book which of course <laughs> i did it shouldn't be the issue the issue you know most people if you say to most people who published um harry potter they don't know they know that it was jk rowling who wrote it they know the title but they don't know or care who the publisher is so don't make that the focus. And if you have your own name on the press release, 
you're just reinforcing that it's self-published. So since my mother, um, at the age of 90, moved on in the world to the other world, um, I was able to ask a woman who has done promotion over the years, uh, would you mind just being the name on the press release? And, um, you know, if, if you get any follow up, you know, just, you know, you can handle it. But, you know, and I paid her a retainer fee for, for doing that. Um, but as I said, most people don't don't even follow up on press releases. It just gives them the information they need. Right, right. So Dr. Jan's talking about the contact name on your press release. And it just, it does. I think it adds some legitimacy when it's not the author's name. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, if they want to say something like, you know, oh, wow, I, I, I might have reviewed this book, but, you know, it's, 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 it's not really my genre. You know, I focus on X. You know, they, if they're going to tell the author, they, they don't want to hurt the author's feelings. Right. You know, so... Right. You know, it, it it just helps. But it's better, you know, to have a press release than not have a press release. So don't don't let the fact that you haven't figured out whose name to put on the press release, you know, stop you. Right. You know, and some people just, you know, don't even have a name. But, right. you know, there's just a comfort zone. I know I know this is my um, bugaboo, but I like when websites let you see where someone is located in the world. You know, it's kind of similar to wanting someone to have a name on a press release. Uh, a lot of people don't feel that way. They're like, oh, it's okay, you know, that uh, because they've gone to avoid getting spam to these forms that you fill out and send to contact companies. So if you do that, often there's no contact information for the company. Um, so I think, and, and, and that brings up a very important thing. Even today, I think authors need a website. I know a lot of people have gone to saving money and doing their website through Facebook or other social media. But the, the good thing about having your own website is that you can have your contact information right there. You can have information about your book. Um, most of the time, if the media wants you, they want you in a, in a split second. So they don't want to have to search for you. And you can maintain the website. Um, if you don't want to maintain it too vigorously, be careful about putting things on there that are too timely or, you know, try to have things that are more timeless. But, um, you know, it's, it's still a good marketing tool. I agree. And I think it's the first place people go. And I always suggest use your name. <laughs> so buy your domain names now, people, right? So ClaudineWalk.com, yes. for example, I mean, and yours is um, Dr. Jen Yeager. Well, the interesting thing is I, I bought When Friendship Hurts, because I found that uh, back then, now the book originally came out in 2002, um, they were more, they were more uh, likely to use the name if it wasn't a name. But I, even though they're two separate sites, you can link between the two. Um, 
because for some reason they saw the name as self-promotional, but the title of the book is being in the interest of the listener, viewer, or reader. So <laughs> Right, right. And now that you're a famous author, people are going to definitely be searching on your name specifically. They want to see everything that you've written. Yeah. And um, so uh, now, as you know, from reading the book and even on the cover, there's so much. And I think that's important for people to know, because when I did publicity at Grove Press, uh, an author who remained unnamed, um, his book was selling well. But I noticed because you have to track this, uh, that when he did interviews, it actually seemed to have a negative effect on 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 sales hmm. uh, because some people just aren't great on the media and that's okay because he was very good for um, print or you know print interviews you know newspapers magazines so find out what your own sweet spot is and there's so many options social media speaking book signings special sales reviews radio and tv cable um, mailings, book fairs, conferences and c conventions, podcasts. Uh, you know, some people are, are um, introverts and they don't want to do the big events. And that's okay. But they're good one-on-one. -on -one, so podcasts would be uh, perfect for them. Yep. Um, you know, so, so find what you're comfortable with and what works for you. Uh, one of my favorite things to do, there's two of my favorite things to do. One is, uh, especially younger journalists have gone to email interviews. Um, I prefer either, you know, video conferencing or in-person interviews. But instead of fighting it, if someone wants an email interview, um, what I do is I write it up for myself as well. And then I save it because that often can become material for a second edition. If it's a nonfiction book, uh, you know, especially if they're going to pull one quote out of, you know, uh, five pages of new content. Um, so, so that's an important thing to do. Um, and to, uh, you know, really think about how it's really working into the whole thing. Another tip is if someone writes to you, uh, because you can't ask people to write reader reviews because that's considered unethical. Um, so if someone writes to you, a total stranger, and says, I bought your book and I loved it and it's brilliant and it's the best book on this subject I've ever read, or I, I bought your novel and it transported me to another place. It's totally ethical to say to that person in your follow-up email, you know what? That was such a nice thing for you to share. And then cut and paste what they just wrote and put it in that return email and say, would you mind taking a few minutes to share that at whatever site you want to send them to is a reader review since you you bought the book and you in an unsolicited way shared that with me right 
and and you know over the years uh some of the best because the irony is that if people if you ask people to write reader reviews not only is it going to backfire because they could be bounced out of the um the um the site but often they're not that exciting or well-written because the person freezes especially if they're not a professional writer oh no i have to write something about this so if someone's already spontaneously shared with you how wonderful they they felt about your book so you just cut and paste it and then they just go to the site and put it in there and you know those those may turn out to be some of your best sites and you want to try to get you know, the, generate those sites, you know, those uh, reader reviews, because um, uh, I'd say a minimum of 25 um, when you start getting to 50, 75, 100. I mean, it, it blows my mind. John Green, who I, my husband and I were like the only people over 14 years old at the, when it first opened, no, the fault in the stars. Right, because it's a YA movie, a YA novel, but it was a wonderful movie. Uh, someday I'll read the novel, but I think he has something like twenty thousand reader reviews. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So you know that would be great to someday get twenty thousand, but you know you want to try to to get to 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 get you know those reader reviews going. Absolutely. So I want to just point out to the audience so Dr. Jan's latest book. Uh, Dr. John Yeager's latest book is How to Promote Your Book, A Practical Guide to Publicizing Your Own Title, as we mentioned. And it's set up very cleanly. So part one is book promotion basics. And then you have part two, what to do before your book is published. Part three, what to do after your book is published. Nothing could be more simple. And then uh, she has amazing resources for you to get to get started on everything that she talks about in the book. It's a very, it's a very easy to understand book. I, I love it. I think it's the perfect reference for authors who need to promote their books. And I have one question for you, Dr. Jen. What do you say to the writer who is, you know, a lot of writers don't even realize they have to promote their books. And, and because of that, what we're fi- what I'm finding is that, they they feel that, I don't know, there's like an emotional side to this where, oh my gosh, if I'm going to be marketing and promoting my book, that means that, you know, this is real and I, I've got to put myself out there and I don't know if, if my book is really good enough for all this. Like all these emotional things goes through their minds when they hear the word book marketing. And I'm wondering, like, what would you say to an author who is just afraid to get started for all those reasons? Mm. Well, the first thing is that you believed enough in yourself and in the book to have written it in the first place. And uh, I'll go to my time management training because I talk about fear of failure, fear of success. Imagine the worst review possible of your book. Imagine someone saying, you know, this is the worst book I've ever read. I can't believe this person published it. Oh, no, I hope they go into welding. (laughs) And see yourself surviving. 
see yourself saying, oh, wow, I can't believe that person said that. They missed the whole point of my book. And then see yourself getting the best review possible. This is the best book I've ever read. It changed my life. Uh, you know, I was feeling depressed and now I feel so hopeful. And see yourself patting yourself on the back and feeling good about having done that. So writing a book is very hard, but promoting it is even harder. Unless you're that person, um, I used to belong to a wonderful organization, the National Speakers Association, and I do do public speaking. But the people who thrived in that organization, they, they would, you know, do their presentations at the national conference, and they juggled. Or they were playing guitars as well as speaking. <laughs> and I just could speak. So I feel that way about writing. You know, hey, you're not a professional performer. You are a writer. So you will have to find the niche of promotion that works for you. It might be writing op-ed pieces related to your book. Mm -hmm. It might be doing very low-key library events that don't have the high glitzy stakes of a bookstore event where you have to guarantee that 50 people are going to show up and that 25 of them are going to buy your book. But um, my husband, Fred Yeager, who's also a writer, when I said to him, what's my best pitch about promoting a book? And his, 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 his answer is, if you don't promote it, no one else will. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, you have to promote it. I mean, that's, you know, you don't, you didn't write it so it would be in oblivion. And, and sadly, it will go into oblivion if you don't promote it. But you don't want to be obnoxious about it. You don't want to be posting every day on Twitter and on LinkedIn and on Facebook about your book. And of course, going to word of mouth other people praising your book is, you know, the best um, promotion you can get. But a lot of times you have to be the one talking about it, sharing about it, so that other person even knows it exists to start, you know, throwing, kicking the ball uh, down the um, the yep. road. Yeah, and, we, and I read this in your book, and I totally agree with you in that it's the author, him or herself, who is going to come up with the best ideas to promote the book because they know the book better than anyone. So there's there's a piece of it that's uh, confidence in yourself and, um, you know, the willingness to kind of tap into that and you know, maybe the same creative energy that it took to write the book is what's going to give you the best promotion ideas. Exactly, exactly. And also, uh, promotion doesn't stop a month or two. Now, even if you're published by the top publisher in the world, after a couple of months, they have to move on to the next book. Some of these houses are publishing 500, 1,000 books a year. So even if you're lucky enough, I was lucky enough with Simon & Schuster to get sent on a three-city tour, and they set me up with a radio media tour of 20 radio shows within a few hours and we really launched it and then good morning america interviewed me because the new york times did a feature but at a certain point i remember a few years ago 
um, CBS local, the 11 o'clock news, um, the publicist at Simon & Schuster sent the, the interviewer to me because, you know, it had been so many years since the book was published, they had to have moved on. So it's like, hey, Jan, you know, you deal with the reporter. You set it up, and I did, and it was a wonderful interview. Um, so, you know, you, you don't stop promoting a book. Um, even if other people had to move on, if you hire a publicist, which I strongly recommend if you have the funds, um, at a certain point, you're going to say, oh, wow, you know, the bulk of the promotion happened. I have to let my publicist go. I can't afford this retainer anymore. But you can keep doing it. You can keep sending out those emails. You can keep doing those pitches. You can keep one of my favorite ways to generate publicity and interest is through LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if someone's posting and they have as their description that they have a podcast, that they have a radio show, you can, if you're connected in a private message, say, hey, wow, um, I have a new book or I have a book that I think your audience might be interested in. Can I send you a review copy? Um, and then, you know, follow up and do the show if they they want to. So, um, you know, as long as the books and it, it, as we know from when we first started talking, even if it's, you know, hasn't been around for a while or you have to put it back into print, um, you know, you want your name out there, you want the branding and, um, you know, just just don't give up on your book. Think of it as, uh, you know, so a friend that, you know, you 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 have this wonderful friend and uh well you know don't, don't take that friend for granted because they're gonna start looking to other friends other read you know your readers are going to look to other books and other authors so that's awesome thank you that's such a great message and um we really appreciate all of your stories and all of your advice thank you so much for being with us so First of all, will you come back? Because I think we need to talk about uh, friendships and time management for sure. Hopefully oh, you'll sure. come back. I'd love to. That'd be awesome. <laughs> and what was my other question for you? Um, oh, what's next for Dr. Jan? What's going to come out next? Oh, wow. Well, that's interesting. Well, I, I literally, I. this is one of the fun things about being your own publisher. Um, this is the uh, the... Uh, Amazon is nice enough when you get your proof, they, they, you know, they do the not for resale. So what I did is as an experiment, I put three of my former affirmation books into one book, um, the happiness, the time management and the nurturing and healthy relationships. So instead of three books that cost $14 and 95 cents each, I now have the one book that's, um, 300, <laughs> three it's like 320 pages and it's i thought you were gonna say 320 dollars no <laughs> and uh no it's like uh, i think it's 20 dollars nice 21 dollars but what i did is this is my photograph and i oh, made wow. the cover and yes. uh it, it goes all the way around there and that go. was fun and that's called and one, one um, the title is 1001 affirmations 
Right, right. And that's poetic license, because if you multiply 365 by three, I think it's like a thousand nine or something. And I'm like, that that doesn't have a very good ring to it. Um, <laughs> so, so it's exciting, because I also wrote a new introduction to all the books. You know, it's called Positive Affirmations, a New Introduction. So that's new for me. And I plan to keep promoting it. Uh, it literally just came out. Um, but I, I, you know, this would be hard to get reviewed because the three books were previously published. So that's that's another thing for people to know. You know, it's it, you, you need to, with nonfiction, do those updates and do those second and third editions. But it, it it's you can't have the same type of strategy as when something's totally new. Right. And well, now, will that be an audiobook? Uh, good point. <laughs> Could be nice. A little music behind it. It is an ebook. Yeah, Very yeah. good. Very good. Yeah. Okay. And um, oh, just one other thing. You mentioned coaching. For anyone who's listening who might be interested in your coaching, are there specific subjects that you cover? And are they on your website, drjanyeager.com? But you know what? You just gave me the idea for a new affirmation book. Uh, because I have a series of five books, five, six books, five I did, one um, an author did on creativity. 365 Ooh. Affirmations for Writers. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yep. because we need to... Um, I do that, uh, Jen. I, I, I give I am, people ideas. I do. I am promoting my book. Say? That's, uh, one of the things I loved about starting my affirmation work is that the very first affirmation book I wrote, which was on creative weight management, all of the affirmations were in the future. Right. I will concern myself with my weight. I will eat healthy. And I did research on what is an affirmation and affirmations are in the present. I am, I am, I am. And it was such a great brain twist you know uh mind change yes yes you know into the present you know i am promoting my book right <laughs> so, so um so that's and that's an important thing that i want the listeners to remember that the writing of the book was a, a self journey and open mm. yourself up to the fact that promoting it can be a self journey that it doesn't have to be drudgery. Yes, you have to watch what you say. Yes, it's time consuming. Yes, you can, you know, meet people that are annoying, but you can also meet people that are amazing. And, you know, it can just be very um, exciting. And, um, and it's not sitting alone in a room writing you're out in the world which can be both exciting and intimidating but you know focus on the exciting yes absolutely well that's a great place to end our conversation thank you so much dr jen yeager for being with us again you can find her at drjanyeager.com we appreciate you giving us all of your great tips advice and stories and you'll come back right absolutely thank you so much thank you and you are listening to Get Your Book Seen and Sold. You have been listening to Get Your Book Seen and Sold with Claudine Wolk. Thanks for listening. And remember to share and subscribe to my Substack, Get Your Book Seen and Sold, at claudinewalk.substack.com. 
With paid subscriptions, some less than $5 a month, you will have access to all of my resource-filled posts and podcasts, plus a fill-in-the-blank book marketing plan that you can download. At the highest subscription level, you will also get a 30-minute consult with me. When you are ready to make some decisions about your book, subscribe today and let's come up with a plan.